Welcome to the Wander Learn Podcast. I'm your host, Frantz Stefan. In this episode and in the next five episodes, I will be defending the United States of America. Crazy idea. What? Patriotic? Nuthead? What's wrong with you? You probably like Trump too. Eh. I was born and raised in San Francisco. I spent about three years in Eastern Europe. And throughout that time in those places, a lot of people would level criticisms on the United States. Criticism that I felt went a bit too far. These are not crazy people. These are people that utter criticisms that are quite popular. And by the way, I criticize the United States quite a bit. If you've read my books, I make fun of the country, poke, uh, point out its flaws often. And so I'm not some sort of gung-ho, nuthead, patriotic dude that blindly loves the country that he just happened to be born in by no choice or it was a complete accident. At the same time, I felt that it was time to kind of defend these five issues I'll talk about. So each episode will have one of the issues. So I'm going to go ahead and, and read this popular series that is on my website because I realize not everybody reads and some people prefer to hear things on a podcast. Part one will be about defending American foreign policy. Part two is defending the CIA. Part three about American smiles. Part four is about American ignorance. And the part five will be defending American culture. Let's start with part one, which is defending American foreign policy. And I'll read from my website and hope that you will share and enjoy it. And again, thank you to my patrons at patreon.com for supporting me. You go to patreon.com slash ftapon. You'll be able to get some insights. You'll be able to get stuff that I don't share anywhere else. And you'll get it all for a measly $2 a month. At least that's the starting price. You also get my book as I'm writing it, the book about Africa. So here I go. Throughout Eastern Europe, I have asked, what can your country teach America? I've documented their excellent answers in the hidden Europe, what Eastern Europeans can teach us. As part of this process, Europeans often told me, quite bluntly, what they think of Americans. The fact that I'm half European and that I have no American blood in me, I was born of a French father and a Chilean mother, probably made them more comfortable to share their true thoughts. I had often heard similar criticisms in Western Europe. Now, after getting an earful, it became clear that there are few things that Americans can teach Europeans about America. There are five themes that Europeans wail against Americans. Number one, America's foreign policy shows that we're a warmongering, imperialistic nation. Number two, that the CIA is behind everything. Number three, that Americans are fake. Number four, that Americans are ignorant. And number five, Americans are devoid of culture. There's a lot of truth to these five criticisms. In fact, in my book, I often make fun of these things. However, let's load up the aircraft carriers and the stealth bombers and blast away at the five most common criticisms about Americans. Let's start with the first one. And then the other podcasts will address the other four. You know, you're welcome to jump and listen to whatever podcast you like. So let's start with part one. What Americans can teach Europeans about American foreign policy. Now, Europeans say, America is imperialistic. It starts wars and the CIA is everywhere. True, true, true. America's foreign policy is indeed aggressive. However, let's examine this more closely. First, it's important to realize that at any point in history, 
there is at least one superpower or empire. You can't get around this. Some might whine, but why does there have to be a dominant power at any given time? Why can't all nations just be equally powerful? Well, you don't need to be Machiavelli to see how cute and idealistic such a question is. The short answer is power is relative, so whichever country is relatively more powerful than nearly all the others is the superpower du jour. Accept this like you accept gravity. The world has seen many empires. Egypt, Greece, Rome, Genghis Khan, the Ottoman Empire, the Persian Empire, France with Napoleon, the Austro-Hungarian Empire, the Russian-Soviet Empire, the Japanese Empire, the Prussian and German Empire, uh, Denmark, Spain, Portugal, the United Kingdom, and even those loony Vikings had a quasi-empire. The most recent addition to this long list of empires is the American Empire. Of all these empires, none have been softer and less controlling than America. For example, previous empires would crush and swallow conquered enemies. When Rome conquered a new land, that land became part of the Roman Empire. When Spain, Britain, France, and the Dutch conquered the New World, those territories effectively became states under their empires. However, when America subdues a country, it doesn't make it the 51st state, forcing everyone to learn English and to use the U.S. dollar. For instance, after helping liberate Europe in World War II, America didn't try to put any Western European country under the United States, like Russia put Eastern Europe or Central and Central Asia under the USSR in the 14 Soviet republics and the various Eastern Bloc satellites that it had. Instead, the U.S. took a much softer approach, giving all the countries back to its people. Past empires would have made Iraq the 51st state, but the United States didn't. Although America sent its military to several Central American and Caribbean nations in the 20th century, it never made any of those territories a state, even though it easily could have. After World War II, it controlled the tiny Pacific island of Guam and kept operating foreign military bases there, which had been set up to fight off the more aggressive empires of Nazi Germany and Japan. However, the United States didn't make Guam the 51st state either. In short, previous empires always expanded their territory directly, often imposing its government, its language, its currency, and culture. However, America has, at least since the 20th century, shown remarkable restraint. Yes, the U.S. acted like most empires in its early history. But it has never been as powerful as it has been in the last 70 years. But it hasn't added a state to its empire since then. Some say that's because we're no longer in the day and age when such blatant empire building is acceptable. Yet, Russia added plenty of countries under its own belt after World War II when it did it through the Soviet Union, and that wasn't that long ago. More of previous empires would expand when they could. Napoleon, Hitler, and Genghis Khan conquered the land around them 
because they could. Yet how easy would it be for the United States to conquer Canada or Central America or a few Caribbean islands? Indeed, just 150 years ago, American troops marched all the way to the capital of Mexico, forcing the Mexicans to surrender. Instead of slicing all of Mexico into American states, which is what previous empire builders would have done, the U.S. bought only the contested land from Mexico and assumed all debts Mexico owed to Americans. That's quite different from Europeans who would not only take the land without paying, but would also force the loser to pay reparation. Moreover, previous emperors would never let such a juicy target like Canada just sit there. They would invent some phony war to rally Americans, claiming that we must unite Alaska with the United States by swallowing Canada up, making one contiguous nation. It's like Germany absorbed Austria before World War II. By absorbing Canada, the United States would surpass Russia as the biggest nation in the world, something that would be irresistible for any empire builder. However, we are not only pretty nice to the Canadians, we even let them beat us in ice hockey. Now, America is not a saint. Its early history, especially regarding the Native Americans, is filled with evil acts. Today, America can still be brutal, tyrannical, hypocritical, and unjust. There's no doubt about it. Americans are humans, after all. All nations have done terrible acts to not only its neighbors, but to its own citizens. And America is guilty, too. Moreover, it's true that Americans enforce their imperialistic domination through economic and diplomatic arm twisting. America may not own Mexico or Canada, but those countries and many others often have to bend to America's will. On the other hand, what country wouldn't exercise its power? If Slovakia or Lithuania really wanted something for its people, wouldn't it twist a few arms to get it if it could? Governments serve its people, or at least its politicians. That's their job. So if a government can help its rich get richer, its poor get jobs, its businesses get new markets, its economy get bigger, or its standard of living get higher, then the government will do it. It would be bizarre if they didn't. Therefore, it's natural that the U.S. will play dirty games to get its way. However, compared to previous empires, America's methods are far less cruel. Whenever you see America twisting someone's arm, ask yourself, what would Hitler, what would Stalin, Napoleon, Genghis Khan, Caesar, or the pharaohs have done? Would you prefer that? Europeans rarely recognize that of all the empires the world has ever seen, none have been gentler and less heavy-handed than the American Empire. Someday they might, because it's inevitable that one day the American Empire will fade away just like previous empires. 
And by definition, a new empire will rule in its place. Maybe it will be China, or maybe Russia, who knows? Whoever it is, it's likely that most people of the world will have some nostalgia about the American empire and say, you know what? Those fucking Americans may have been imperialistic bastards, but they sucked a lot less than today's superpower. This is Francis Tapon encouraging you to wander and learn.